Let me invite you to turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. We've taken a little detour around this passage. Uh, we stopped for a little while to have uh, a couple Thanksgiving messages, about four Christmas messages, and then a New Year's message. So I'll be honest with you, I'm glad to be back in the book of 1 John. I kind of missed our study in it. And let me just go ahead and read this passage of Scripture to you, and then we'll kind of get into our study. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you will know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming. And now it is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who does not know from who he who is not from God does not listen to us. But this we know, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Let's bow together. Dear Lord, open our hearts and our minds to the truths of your word today and help us to realize that, Lord, not all that we hear that sounds to be of God or of Christianity is true. Help us, Lord, to not believe everything that we hear, but actually to test the spirit in which it is spoken. And Lord, by that, your spirit, the spirit of truth, will guide us to understand whether it is true or not and what to believe and what to follow and how to live it out. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, the book of 1 John is really John kind of reiterating the truths that he spoke in his Gospel of John. Uh, he reminds us that there are false teachers abound and he is basically writing this letter to confront those false teachings. Now, John... His gospel, as well as his First uh, John, both really focus on the deity of Christ. John's gospel begins with, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Speaking of Jesus being the deity, he is God. And uh, John's, in his uh, epistle here, this First John, does much the same thing. He really focuses on the deity of Christ. And then he also focuses on the word abiding. The word abide or abiding is found multiple times in this short uh, five-chapter book. And what he's saying is that, first of all, we must abide in Christ. In other words, we must place our entire faith in him and see him as the only hope of our salvation. And as we abide in him, he in turn abides in us. How does he do that? Well, as he was ascending, about to ascend into heaven, he said, I must go so that the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, can come and dwell in you. And so the scriptures are very, very clear that as Jesus left, his abiding stayed. His abiding through the Holy Spirit is now living in us. And that's what we're going to see uh, in verse 4. But basically what we're seeing is John is now boldly just stating, listen, there are false teachers around you. Don't listen to them. How do you know that they're false teachers? Well, I'm about to tell you. And so this, this uh, six verses 
it's basically just a point blank, listen, we have false teachers around and you need to understand it and you need to know how to distinguish between the truth and the false. And so that's exactly what John is doing. And if you look at verse 1, he's approaching it from both a negative and a positive way. Verse 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. So the negative is, do not believe everything that you hear. And then he turns it into a positive, but do test the spirits to see if they're of God. And so John is looking at all these things. He's saying, we must learn how to distinguish what we hear as to whether it's of God or of false teachers. And so we must study this passage and listen carefully because just as John was writing this important passage, this, this important letter to the church around A.D. 80, 90, 95, somewhere in that neighborhood, it's just as imperative to us to understand this as well. Do you know why? Because we have false teachers in our midst as well. If we're not careful, we will be gullible. We will allow the false teachers to lead us away from the truth into the false. And so, wouldn't it just be great if there's just a clear message? I'm not teaching anything about God. I'm not teaching anything about the Bible. I'm not teaching anything about Jesus. So everything, obviously, would be false. But the problem is, our false teachers, then, in John's day, as well as today, they're very slick. They're very conniving. They use the Bible, but they use scriptures out of context. They misquote scriptures. They even use biblical terms, but they use different definitions for what they mean versus what we know to be the truth from God's Word. Before we get too far into this, we need to understand what the word spirit means. The word spirit is used many times in the Bible. It's not always talking about the Holy Spirit or an evil spirit. The word spirit, the, the Greek word is pneuma, which is pneumatic, that we get air tools and things like that from. It deals with air, but it basically deals with breath or the wind. That's how it's described in the common terms. However, John obviously speaks of the Spirit as being something that is inspiring. The good Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is God living in us, and he inspires us to do what is right in God's eyes. But we also know that there is an evil spirit, a false spirit, that is among many in our world, and that false spirit inspires others to teach that which is false, contrary to the Word of God. So humans are either inspired by the true spirit, the spirit of truth, the spirit of God, or they're inspired by the false spirit, the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of Satan. And so now we've got to figure out who's telling the truth. How do we know for sure what we hear is right? Well, again, Satan's uh, influence over others leads them to be false teachers, but they rarely ever blatantly attack Christ, the Bible, the church, or even us as Christians. Instead, they use subtle tricks like changing definitions, misquoting scriptures, taking scriptures out of context to try to make them sound like what they want them to say. So, going back to the first part of verse 1, do not believe every spirit. John knows that there are many false teachers, false prophets, false, uh, false everything, false teachings around. And so he is understanding that they're not just outside the church trying to drum up people to follow them. They have infiltrated the church. And they are sitting in the pews among us they are those who 
have figured that if I can just get in and I volunteer to do all sorts of things, sooner or later I'll probably be able to start teaching a Bible study, be a Sunday school teacher. And with my little ways of talking, changing some of the definitions, using some of the same scriptures that are in the Bible that they're familiar with, but changing things around just a little bit, maybe I can lead a few astray. And so, again, through their charismatic abilities and their drawing of others, many will infiltrate the church trying to lead others astray. Well, how do they do this? How do they really get people led astray? Well, there is one modern-day false teaching, and it's basically a, a denomination, and here's what they have done. They've taken 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. I'm sorry, John chapter 1, verse 1. I quoted just a few minutes ago, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through that, John is saying Jesus is the Word. He was with God, and he was God. Jesus is God. Jesus is deity. But they add one letter, the letter A in that verse. And here's what they say. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Totally changes the dynamics of what John was saying. John was saying Jesus is God. God Deity. What they're saying is, no, he was a created lesser God, a God, that he is not God, he is not the God. One little letter. That's what they do. And so how do we make sure that we are understanding what is true and what is not? Well, we understand that the Word of God speaks for itself. But if you've noticed... I preach the Word of God verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. Do you know why? Because it would be so easy for me to stand up here and take one little passage, a verse of Scripture, or a little paragraph of Scripture, and preach it and make it sound like anything I want it to preach. But instead, I do not take anything out of context. You can follow it verse by verse and see that I preach the things that are difficult to preach, I preach the things that are easy to preach. Some things you have heard many times over. Certain passages you've never heard a sermon on because people have only preached topical things or pick and choose what they wanted to preach. That's why I preach this way. Because I will never take anything out of context. It will always be in context. But they will take things out of context and they will do anything they can to take away the deity of Christ. And that's what their whole goal is. And so not only are we to not believe everything, but we must also test the script, test the spirits. And that's found in the latter part of verse 1, and it really goes all the way through verse 3. But test the spirit to see whether they are from God, because many false teachers have gone out into the world. So he basically says, okay, test the scriptures. Well, how do we do that? Well, look at verse 2. By this you will know the Scripture of God, the Spirit of God. By this you will know the Spirit of God. Well, he says, Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come from in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. 
This is the spirit of Antichrist of which you have heard that is coming and now is already in the world. So by this you will know what the spirit is, whether it's true or false. And the simple thing is, does the person teaching, the prophet, the teacher, whatever you want to call them, do they confess that Jesus is God in the flesh? That's a simple test. Will they openly confess that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, God among us, God incarnate? See, if you don't believe it, it's hard to preach it. Matter of fact, there are multitudes that are on television, radio, internet, that they preach everything but that. They'll preach a lot of the scripture, but they will never preach Jesus as being God. God incarnate. Jesus come in the flesh. God in the flesh. God among us. They'll talk about all sorts of positive thinking and, and earning your way into heaven and giving money so that they can get richer and all sorts of other things. They will not preach Christ as being God, deity, God in the flesh. And so John is very serious. He's saying, here's the simple test. Those who confess that Jesus is from God, God in the flesh, are from the Spirit of God. The opposite is true. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. So, what do we do? Walk up to people and say, who's Jesus to you? Well, yes, we can do that. What's the correct answer? Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. He is God incarnate. He is God in the flesh. He is God who came to earth to die for our sins so that we could surrender our lives to him and he could be Lord of our lives. He not only died for our sins, but he rose victorious to prove that he had uh, victory over sin and Satan and hell and death. And then he ascended back into the heavens to sit at the right hand of God the Father, God incarnate, now back... Uh, with the Father, so that he could intercede on our behalf. And he gave his Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to be with us, to live in us, to dwell in us, to give us the Spirit of truth. That's who Jesus is. So yes, you can ask, who is Jesus to you? That should be pretty much the answer you hear. But if you ask somebody that does not believe that, who is Jesus to you? They'll say, well, he's probably a pretty good person. He was a good prophet. He was a good teacher. He wasn't God. Or maybe they'll even go to the extent, well, he was a God. He was created by God. He is a supreme being, but he is not the God. He is not a part of the Trinity that we uh, believe in. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, one God in three persons. No, he's not that. He's just a created God. As a matter of fact, the ones that I just quoted about adding the word a, they believe that Jesus was actually a created being named Micah. How they end up with that, I don't know. Folks, there are a lot, way too many false teachers in our world. We need to understand not everything that we hear that says Christianity on the, on the cover is true. We have to understand that not everything that mentions the word God or Christianity or even Jesus is the truth. Matter of fact, there are many that believe that there was a 
human being named Jesus. They do not deny him being a real person, but they do deny him being God. So we must believe that Jesus truly is God, God in the flesh, God sent to us, God incarnate, God with us. Anyone who does not believe that is of the evil spirit, of the false spirit. Then John even adds to this. Look at the last part of verse 3. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that is coming and now is already in the world. John is the only author in the Bible that uses the term Antichrist. I'm going to read to you all the times that he uses it. He uses it four times. He uses it three times in 1 John and one time in 2 John. 1 John 2, 18. Children, it is the last hour. And just as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that this is the last hour. 1 John 2, 22. Who is the liar? But the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Well, we just read 1 John 4 3. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard that is coming and now is already in the world. Then 2 John verse 7. For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh, this is the deceiver and the Antichrist. Then we know in Revelation, John basically describes this Antichrist without using that term. He calls him the beast. He calls him the one who will act as if he is Christ, the one who will try to lead people to follow him to be the savior of the world. We know him as the Antichrist. The spirit of Satan indwells within him, and he is the what we call the Antichrist. But John says in the spirit of Antichrist is already present. Even in A.D. 90, yes, Antichrist is already here. And he is still here. The spirit of Antichrist, and he even uses the plural, Antichrists are here. So yes, there are evil spirits in our world today that will do anything and everything to lead others astray and keep them from understanding who Jesus truly is Matthew even deals with this in chapter 24, verse 5. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will mislead many. And then later in that same chapter, Matthew 24, 24. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. So we look and we see that the spirit of Antichrist was already present in the... Uh, first century and he's still present today and he will be present through the end of time so here is this spirit of antichrist that's the evil spirit that's the false spirit that will lead many to try to lead others astray so they will not understand or accept Jesus as being the one true God that he is God in the flesh and so that is really what John is saying you know that there are false teachers among you. Here's a simple test to know, are they true or are they false? Do they confess Jesus as being God in flesh, or do they deny that? Then, John says, don't worry about being overtaken. 
Don't worry about being misled. Look at verse 4. Powerful verse. You are from God, little children, and you have overcome them. How? Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Folks, the Holy Spirit of God. He is God and he dwells in us as little children, as the children of God. He dwells in us. And if we surrender and allow him to be the, the controlling force in our thoughts and our desires and our understanding, he will always have victory. He will always overcome the false teachers. He will do this. When we hear false teachings, there will be that still small voice. There will be that, that voice in our hearts and our minds that says, that's not the truth. I know the truth because I have studied the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God is convincing me that that is not the truth. So the Holy Spirit, yes, can and will be our defender and he will overcome any evil attacks against us and he will show us what is the truth because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. In us is the key word, in, in us. There's only one element of God, one person of God that is in us, and that is the Holy Spirit. And he is greater. He is more powerful than anything else in this world. How do we know? Because he is God. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. He is with us, and he will give us the ability to overcome. So here's the hard part of this passage. Who's listening? Who's going to believe what? Look at verses 5 and 6. They are from the world. Therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Do y'all understand that mankind is hearing two messages? One from the Spirit of God and one from the Spirit of Satan, Antichrist. Who are they listening to? Typically people listen to whoever is the most dominant voice. The church is no longer the dominant voice in our world. Christians, unfortunately, are no longer the dominant voice voice in our world. So the false teachings are what you hear across the airwaves from the media, radio, television, internet. You're going to be bombarded with false teachings. That's why it's so critical for us to read, study, and meditate on the Word of God, praying each and every time as we open up the Word of God, Lord, through your Spirit, Grant me wisdom, guidance, knowledge, understanding of what I'm about to read. Show me your truths, not only what is true, but how do I live out that truth? How do I put it in my heart where it's always going to be there so I can test the Spirit? That's what we must do each and every day so that we are strong in the faith. So the Holy Spirit is alive and well in us, working through us to do these great things. But the problem is the world around us is not listening not to us. We've lost the voice of the truth. How do we do that? 
Well, too many churches are filled with false teachers, and so they have no true voice. Many other churches are filled with people who really don't care what the other people in the pews believe. They're just going to live their lives by their own means, by their own wits. They've never truly surrendered to the Lordship of Christ. And so when the world looks at the church as a general rule, they look and see people just like them. They say, if they're just like me, if they gossip, if they do all these other things outside the church, if they just live a normal human life, self-centered life, like I do, then why do I need Christ? That's why the church has lost its voice. We no longer strive to live pure and holy lives unto the Lord. We no longer strive to surrender daily, even throughout the day, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide our words, our, our actions, our thoughts, and our desires. That's why the church is somewhat silent in the world today. Oh, sure, we have some very bold spokespeople. We have some great evangelists going out into the world that are very powerful voices for the Lord. We can't just depend on a handful of godly men sharing the gospel. You and I have been called, Matthew chapter 28, Go ye therefore into all the world, teaching them all that I have commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Holy Spirit, making disciples. All these things are so important. We look and we see that we've been called to go out and make disciples, teaching them the gospel, leading them to Christ, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and showing them the way. How many of us are doing that? There's an opportunity for all to do that. Do we have to stand on a street corner, stand up on a soapbox and preaching? No. How do we do it? The very first thing is look at those around you. We don't have any kids here. But if you have children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, do you know how great of a responsibility you have to teach them the truths of the gospel? To teach them all about Jesus from the very early days teaching them what we're just saying. Jesus loves me. This I know. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. That's what we need to do. From the very earliest age, start teaching them about the love of Christ. And as they grow, then grow in your teaching so that they'll understand more and more the depths of his love. So our family is first. Whoever God has around us, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, whoever it may be, make sure that we're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know large majority of our church are now retired. Well, you don't have co-workers, but you have friends and neighbors and other people around you. Share your faith. Share your personal testimony. Something happened in my life one day. I've never gotten over it. Let me tell you about it. And then ask, has this ever happened to them? If not, 
Can I share with you how you can have that happen to you? And then share a very simple plan of salvation. As a matter of fact, I think they're sitting right here. The Roman road to salvation. Real simple, real easy way to share Christ. You don't have to use that. You can just share whatever scripture God puts on your heart. This is critical. The world around us is hearing not the word of God, not the word of truth, but the spirit that is false, that is an error. And they're believing it. So we know that the world is hearing two different messages. Somehow or another, through the power of the spirit of God working in us and through us, we need to be the spokespeople sharing the truth. I'm preaching it today. You see how many people are hearing it. There are churches all across our world that have godly men standing in the pulpits preaching. But they're preaching to a very small minority of the population of the cities and towns and that they live in. We must reach out. Invite people to come to a simple service like this where they're going to hear the gospel, where they're going to hear that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Son of God. He is God in the flesh, God incarnate, God with us. And they'll understand that that makes a difference. So we as Christians must be vigilant in what we hear, what we listen to. We must test it according to the Word of God, through the Spirit of God, and find out if it is true, if it's the Spirit of truth, or if it is the spirit of falsehood, spirit of error. We must use every opportunity that God gives us to share these truths with the world around us. And I'll be glad to, to visit anybody that you'd like for me to visit with. But God has given you a heart and a soul and a spirit. He's given you his spirit that lives in us and is working through us that's what we need to be all about. Can you imagine the frustration that John was going through? He'd written this wonderful gospel. The people he's writing to have, have read it. They understood it. But even so, the church that he was writing to had false teachers in it. They had infiltrated the church. And he's saying, how could this possibly be? So he goes all back through the deity of Christ, Christ abiding in us, us abiding in Christ, resetting the foundations of the truth of the gospel. And then he finally comes to this point. You've allowed false teachers in your midst. How do you know who they are? Test the Spirit. Do they believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God sent to earth in the flesh, or do they deny him? Simple test. Listen, if I have not preached Jesus being God, Jesus being God in the flesh, God incarnate, God with us, then you need to get rid of me. If you hear any pastor that never speaks those words, you never need to listen to them because they are the spirit of error. Test the spirit and allow the spirit of God that lives in us work in us and through us so that we can share this wonderful gift of salvation with others. Let's bow together. Dear Lord,
Your words are very clear. You inspired John to write these words of testing. Who are we listening to? Who are we allowing others to listen to? Are we listening to those who just preach feel-good messages, positive thinking, ways to get rich, the easy way of life? Or we listen to your word that says that we must surrender, even be willing to suffer, to be ridiculed, persecuted, so that your word, your gospel, might stand. Lord, help us to test the Spirit, to ensure that what we are hearing is the true gospel, gospel truth from your Spirit. Lord, if it's not, help us to call it out Say, this is not the truth. Do not listen. Lord, even in our, our midst, help us to realize that we must guard this church against any who would come and try to lead us astray. Lord, may I be always faithful to the gospel, to your word. Guide us each and every day that we may live out these truths. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.